Hi there, this is Mike Quinn, Nine Numb from Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. You're listening to Canned Air Podcast. everyone and welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today, man, I'm so excited to talk to this dude because he's got so much going on. Uh, he's a DJ, he's a promoter, and he's one of the original organizers of the Star Wars Day and the May the 4th festivities in uh, Modesto, California, which is he and George Lucas's hometown. So that sounds freaking awesome in itself. Uh, we welcome Mitt, a good one, to the show. Man, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, surprising Modesto, and this was only about five, six years ago, was the first city to recognize May the 4th as Star Wars Day, like officially. So we really? got the proclamation, we got the city to uh, do it. Literally by the time they, they approved the proclamation it was May 3rd. So the next day we didn't have a big event, we, but we went out and we dressed up and went to a bar and had some fun. Maybe and then every year since, we just bigger and bigger. This year, unfortunately, with COVID, uh, we had to scale it back. But got a bunch of cosplayers, members of the 501st, to dress up and read some of the uh, children's books, Star Wars okay. children's books, which was kind of cool. You know, So we had that. We had some uh, how to draw art from some of the uh, artists. Ethan Beavers, who's done a lot of art, Star Wars art, and she's actually from Modesto as well. So we were able to pull a few things together and make it work. I would say so. It sounds like an amazing time. I would love to go to such a film. But of course, once uh, this stupid COVID crap goes away, <laughs> or at least gets manageable, I don't see it yeah, going yeah. away, right? But um, yeah, I mean, very excited to talk about all that. But before we do that, uh, I got to remind our listeners to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And head over to uh, CandairPodcast.com because there you can find links to our merch page. Get yourself a mug, a t-shirt, rep the show. And if you want to support the show, head over to Patreon. You don't even have to head over to Patreon. There's a button on our website you can click. Or just search us on Patreon, the Candair Podcast. And uh, $5 a month gets you access to the Candair Patreon pod. We have been retooling. And we are going to relaunch that bad boy come the first of the year. We have a lot of new content we're recording, and uh, I'm just excited for the relaunch of the Patreon. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So look forward to that. Gentlemen, what am I forgetting? So if you're looking for a really good stocking stuffer for the Christmas season, I want to uh, shout out Neil Ross's book, Vocal Recall, A Life in Radio and Voiceovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had him on a couple episodes ago, and uh, yeah, it was it's a great read. So Yeah, he's the voice of uh, Shipwreck and G.I. Joe and uh, Springer from Transformers, most famously. I mean, oh my God, like the voice is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you grew up anywhere in the 80s or 90s, you've heard his voice, but in uh, a good damn read at that, so I can't encourage that enough. And also, if you're not uh, doing anything Tuesday nights, generally, uh, check Jack and I out on Facebook, uh, Twitch, and YouTube. Uh, we play Jackbox, uh, interact with fans, and you could even win some prizes. So There it is. There it is. All right. Well, with that behind us, let's just turn our attention back over to Mita and talk about all this. Man, I don't even know where to start with you. Again, so much on, on your plate here. Uh, again, DJ, promoter, where, where does it begin with you, man? What came first? What were you, uh, were you a uh, promoter first or how did you get into this? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I started promoting early on, uh, mostly music. Did that for about 30 years. Still do it. Uh, or I'm sure I'll do it again once COVID's over and we can gather and do all that. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, honestly, this year I've had, I had 50 hours that were booked at the fair, the county fair. I had uh, a season worth of, I think it was 32 dates uh, for Music in the Plaza downtown every Friday. Uh, the May the 4th celebration, Graffiti Con, which is the, the con that I created, mashing car culture and comic books, Star Wars. Yeah, all that. I figured I was... when you do graffiti, American graffiti and Star Wars, and, you know, that's something that you can say that that came from this town. I went to Downey High School a couple decades after George, but, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it runs strong. So those are things that just kind of pulled from. And Modesto has a huge car culture. The American Graffiti Car Show here in town, 30-something thousand people come to every year. It's one of the largest uh, car shows on the West Coast. Wow. And, you know, there's cars from Australia, Japan. People are shipping them over, uh, making the pilgrimage. So, that is crazy. I can't imagine what it would cost to ship a car overseas. Right? Seriously. Right? I'm, I'm sure it's a lot less to rent one and drive it across country. But <laughs> yeah, okay. if you have a classic and you want to make most of them what they'll do, I've noticed, they ship it out to Texas and then they drive Route 66. Okay. Oh, out to California. So they ship into a port in Texas, drive across country. And then in the summer, here in California, there are tons of car shows. So I think some of them just, they're here for a month and they just hit every car show and do all that stuff and live that American Americana lifestyle for their vacation and that's ship the vehicle so- back, I'm assuming. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. that's, that's probably their big trip for their life. Yeah. Seems like a couple every year do it. It, w- it would seem like you'd have to take a second mortgage to be able to afford that. Oh, yeah. No sell kidding. the car to get back home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, for me, I mean, and some of these cars are so beautiful. I'd be worried about putting it into a shipping container and shipping it. Oh, yeah. The yeah. cost of it, you know, because these guys, you know, this is their baby. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, putting your child on a plane without you. Yeah, and I'm sure it's overseas. not as simple as like going to a lost luggage claim line and you right? know, where's my car, you know, like holy or, or something happens, yeah, you got insurance on it. <laughs> but you know, when there's something that, that you've worked on your entire life, fixed it up, did all the stuff, mm-hmm. it it's you can't it has to be unnerving. Yeah. Man. And we've all received UPS packages and FedEx packages <laughs> that looks like they've gotten ran over. <laughs> oh, I, I just put out three records, uh limited lathe cut vinyl from some local acts i was supposed to get 146 27 showed up the box looked like somebody had just cut it open and then just put some masking tape on it oh no oh my god so by the time we got here i've got a story for some uh here's here you go we just got a bottle of vodka in the mail uh for the show okay i believe how that showed up <laughs> this thing showed up the corner ripped out the 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 end of the bottle out and the plastic thing was ripped off so it looked like there was a ups driver or something that straight just popped the fit lid off this thing and i mean it didn't look like any was missing out of it but all the same like nah, nah i'm not touching that <laughs> it's, yeah i mean we've all seen ace ventura and his whole bit kicking <laughs> yep. the thing down the I, I, that is it I mean, I worked for yeah. FedEx for a while, and the videos they show you, you know, there's a lot of abuse that those boxes go through. Yeah. And then you give it to a person who abuses the even more. It's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that fragile sticker means throw. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Where where the fragile sticker on it was where the rips were. It was like, come on. <laughs> me and so Jack. The, the nice thing is the manufacturer redid it for me, 
And he goes, I put them in four different bags, tape those together, tape all go. the seams. He goes, he goes, I ship ship these things out every week. You know, a friend of mine gets it like twice, twice, three times a month orders from them. That's why I went with this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never had a problem. Mine show up and I'm like, <laughs> but hey, no. kudos to the manufacturer. Like this doesn't, this right. doesn't weigh like, you know, this doesn't weigh very much. You know, it's right. supposed to be like 20 pounds. It's felt, you know, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, the cool thing is, I don't know if any of you have read the Dark uh, Tower series, Stephen King's Dark Towers. Mm-hmm. Well, A little bit, yeah. One of the band's names is Lobstrosities. Okay. And all their songs are based on the books. Stephen King also, throughout all his books, the number 19 is very significant. Mm-hmm. 19 of the lobstrosities. I had ordered 75 lobstrosities, seven inches, 19 arrived. <laughs> <laughs> one of the ska band, the uh, Dr. Rocket that I put out, one of the, them sh- showed up and seven of the other, but I'm like, 19. Okay, all right. At least there's some kind of story to come out of it other than yeah, the right. of receiving a package <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, 80% of it down, you know, thrown from Pennsylvania to California. Yeah, a story that doesn't involve, you'll never believe what fucking happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So so tell me, how do you, uh, or tell us rather, how do you get involved um, setting up the Star Wars Day and the May 4th events then? Just being insane. I love Star Wars, obviously. Nothing wrong uh, with like that. Like most people, many of us do. But the, the fact was, it was just something we, we became, you know, we proclaimed the day here and I was like, okay, we have, we have to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So then it just started making plans all right i booked music so we booked a band and got them to do some star wars music plus a bunch of other stuff they dressed up as jedis and such got the 501st out all the different organizations you know the mandalorians you know the droid groups they all came out set up and we did a friend of mine does laser shows he's worked with metallica and a bunch of different bands so he came out and you know a cool laser show and we encouraged everybody to bring their lightsabers (sighs) so you know, once it got dark, it Resident Proclamation, and then we just went, okay. And you had, I was like a little worried because you have adults with their, you know, battle staffs, and you got kids with their toys. <laughs> they played well together, you know. Okay. <laughs> but you see them just, all right, like this wall coming together, like rushing each other. Other cool things is I got the Meyer High School. I got them to come out after the first year, and they, Play John Williams, so you have this marching band. What I'd love to get, and I haven't gotten it yet, but two of the high schools to do dark side, light side, and come marching down the block. Oh, that'd be amazing! And so you got like you know, dun 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 dun, you know, <laughs> and then they play something together. I think that would just be epic. That was, yeah. Oh man, yeah. The first year we also it was kind of fun. We had, uh, of course, there was a whole thing with Disney and and Fox and Lucas. So that was all kind of coming together. So nobody could show Star Wars. So we got Spaceballs and showed oh, it at the theater. Yeah. And so that was fun. I mean, most of the people who were there are not, maybe not most, but a bunch of them had never seen it. So the theater was like, yeah, I, I, we can do a $5 showing. So it was $5 sold out, of course. And, you know, was a blast. So that's really it. Just, you know, how much fun deciding you're going to do it and just planning. You know, awesome. sending out, you know, all the fan groups, you, you send out emails. Oh, the the worst thing is when it's a Friday, Saturday, they got 900 things they're doing. The off week yeah. days, you know, next week, year we do it. It's going to be like a Monday, I think. You know, they'll all come out because not as many people. I'll do it. 
You know, it's, it's like cool. celebrating Halloween. You do cool. it on the day. You yeah. know, you know, I'm not a 20 something year old woman going, I'm going to do it on the Friday. My birthday's on the Saturday. No, your birthday <laughs> is, you know, the fifth of the month. It's a Tuesday. No, I'm <laughs> celebrating or I'm celebrating the whole. No, this it's the day. day. May the 4th is May the 4th. Exactly. Fair enough. It wouldn't be the same if right. was, you can't yeah. say "May the Fourth be with you" on the fifth. It just no, sounds yeah. stupid. Yeah, nah, that's the revenge of the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Jack. So uh, at these events, you know, uh, you mentioned laser shows, people bringing their sabers and stuff. Are there like vendors there? I'm just trying to piece together what the experience of uh, going to this event looks like. They they varied each year. We have had like last uh, last year, not this year. Last year. Uh, landed on Free Comic Book Day. Oh, perfect! So, unfortunately, well, it was it worked out because we were later. But uh, some of the local comic guys were like, "I can't make it out," you know. Oh, I see. They, but you know, doing the comic cons, you know, I was like, "Okay, let's find people who have Star Wars items, kind of keep in the theme." I don't want to have that be a big part of it. I don't want everybody, else, but give it like the a little accoutrement. So, you know, having a few people with some toys and that things. Uh, like I said, we do have, we're lucky enough that uh, one of the artists for the Marvel comic series lives in town. So we've been able to get him out when he's not elsewhere. Um, we actually had one guy he, he's built last year. He wasn't there two years ago. He was there, but he built a life-size uh, TIE fighter that you can actually sit in the cockpit. Holy oh my God. God. And it's like, you know, it's, we have one of our local Vader guys who's six foot four full costume was able to sit in it That's wow it's full size you know and massive and of course once people saw that you can get into it there was a line waiting yeah exactly you climb up into it you sat there you know all right come on out um, <laughs> this isn't like, i'm not done yet it's not like the delorean or the batmobile that's like at every other con you yeah, know? I mean, yeah. When you no just, no this this I, is one of those things where like i had a guy of course the he was in south america the next ne next year so he wasn't able to this year of course we weren't able to do it uh came out last year and he was all bummed because he worked for the county and he looked out at one point and saw that he was able to see it he wasn't able to get into it because by the time he got off work oh and his kid he had pictures of it and his kids were like well, what did you tell you i didn't know <laughs> i you know i i can't looked out the window and there was a right. tie fighter there or a, a, a you know and he's like what am i supposed to do you know and he he lives like two hours away so it wasn't like he could rush home and come back. He was like, by the time I got home, it's probably over. Right. Uh, we did acquire, and it's balsa wood and whatnot, but it's probably three quarter size. You can't sit in it. Uh, X wing. So we brought that out. We brought that out last year. Like I said, with the droid, uh, different groups bringing out different robots. It's been fun. I did last year or two years ago. Uh, I was going to do it again this year, but I did a three foot uh, circumference pinata, Death Star pinata. Oh, cool! With, with some Star Wars toys and candy and stickers and such, and it was funny because at at one point this kid hit it a couple good times and the weight just ripped around the scene and it just fell <laughs> almost in half. <laughs> he hit the right, he hit the port, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> but, and then you just saw the kids like <laughs> just rushed and it was just a swarm. Wow! But, uh, I figure next year I'll probably do two two foot ones. So, so a little neat. bit more manageable, not as heavy, 
<laughs> have a second one if the first one gets destroyed real quick. Right. <laughs> you know, I've never been to a Star Wars day or celebration or anything of any kind, but this just, this experience, I mean, everything you've been saying thus far sounds so very unique and like so worth the trip. I would imagine you have uh, people driving from all over the place to attend uh, these days we've as gotten, well. Yeah, we've gotten some people come from some decent distances. And I know as we do it, it's going to just keep growing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was really bummed because this year we would have had the TIE fighter back. We would have had the X-Wing. We were working on a few extra things. And, you know, each year I get the band to, hey, do pretty fly for a Jedi. You know, <laughs> uh, do, do, do you know, it's like learn these songs. Hey, there's some Star Wars themes. One. Then you can do both of them later, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, make them learn some new flourishes, you know, uh, on the guitar or bass. So that's just intro. Like dressing up is one thing, but come on. Give us, give us a little bit more experience, a little bit more Star Wars. I yeah, couldn't agree yeah. more. And That's they do, cool. they do. And then, and uh, for the band, it's I'm not going to say it's the biggest shows they've ever played, but it will become that because each year, just bigger and bigger audiences. Absolutely, sure. sure. And you can see why. I mean, the little bit we've heard about it here sounds freaking incredible. <laughs> We're about ready to hop in the car. And no road kidding, trip, but... man. I mean, again, yeah, we, I've kept it completely cool. free. You know, so there's no charge for it. I mean, that, and that's one of those things. You start charging for something like that, you're going to get Disney and and, and uh, Star Wars coming after you. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like we did a few, like the second year, uh, we also added a charitable component. So I got all the restaurants to do 10% during that time frame. Mm. Oh, that's cool. So, And that goes to children's charity. So I'm like, make it where we can raise money, but also encourage that there isn't any lit litigation in the long run. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah, because that'll usually keep it on the down low a little bit more with them <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, we're advertising we're putting it out there all we're inviting all like I said all the, the fan groups and putting it so it's not like we're hiding it right but you know i know that there have been people who've gotten in trouble you know calling you know hey we're doing a, right. a lightsaber battle you know royale or something somewhere and they go oh, you can't use that name you know so it's like cat saber or some bull crap you know? so it's like, like come on illuminated sword laser yeah. sword laser fights sword, yeah yeah face wizards and laser swords there it is. come on over <laughs> so as far as uh, then graffiti con goes you know you were saying it's it's described as where pop culture meets subculture yes and you said a little bit earlier you know that's it's a hard mesh of star wars again pop culture uh, along with like a car show so you know, are we going to see the same things at Graf Graffiti Con that we might see on a Star Wars Day or May the Fourth event, or how does how does the event vary? Or one thing, one thing is, you know, we do have the, the car show, right? And uh, so that sets us aside from some of the other traditional cons. Mm -hmm. I mean, you get inside the the convention center, you know, we skew it a little bit more Star Wars, but it's not much different than most other cons. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, you have vendors, you have artists, you have guests. Sure. I'm personally, and this is how me and Joyner met, met up and started working together, is I grew up watching all the B movies. I grew up, you know, seeing those things. And so I want those guys, you know. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to get James Hong to come out, you know, who was uh, Lo Pan, the uncle on the uh, Jackie Chan animated series. He was, you know, oh. uh, number one son in the old Jackie or uh, Charlie Chan movies, you know. He's been in everything. He, he, his parents live in Manteca, which is 30 minutes away. Okay. So the bug's been put in his ear is just haven't worked it. And he's, you know, he's a super busy guy. 500 plus, you know, IMDb page with 500 different things on it. 
and wow. many of them legit, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, Hey, I'm just out here doing nothing. That's the kind of guy, you know, so, you know, the, 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 the three wins from, from big trouble in little China, right. those guys I'd love to see, you know, it's just, you know, right. yeah. that's what I grew up on. Right. Yep. So I don't want the A-listers, you know, and that right. allows us to keep the price point down at five bucks for people to come in. Uh, but the, you know, subculture side also, you know, we've gotten some guys who are graffiti artists. Oh, know? that's cool. So, uh, you know, doing that, that are also comic artists. So we've done that. Uh, I've gotten musicians who are also artists. So like Dominic Gavi, who runs Alternative t- Tentacles, plays bass in Tsunami Bomb and was in Love Equals Death and Headboard and a bunch of other stuff. He's an artist. He's a graphic designer. That is so and cool. done some comic books. He comes out. Cappy Gooley from the Groovy Ghoulies is an artist as well. So, you know, working, I'm trying to get a few other ones that do stuff. And that's part of it. So, you you know, bringing that other side of it, you know, because part of pop culture, you know, cars are part of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Music's part of pop culture. So doing a pop culture convention and just doing comics and toys, I found was kind of limiting. Yeah. And by combining these other things, it was like, I, I was like, I know there's at least 500 to 1,000 people out there like me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Grew up thinking the Batmobile and the A-Team Van and Kit and all those were, they were characters. They were supporting cast members, you know. And so taking that and bringing the cars out. uh, I'd love to find, you know, get some more movie cars at some point. Sure. It costs a bit to get them to come out. But, you know, you get these guys who are geeks with a lot of money. There's a guy who lives not too far, and he was going to bring it out this year. He has two cars that were, and I can't remember the movies. They were not, they were lesser known, but two movie-used vehicles. He has a screen-accurate DeLorean. Oh. And what he said when he was younger, he he, always, he goes, if I ever make the money, I'm getting the Tim Burton 89 Batmobile. Nice. So he has a, a screen-accurate Batmobile. That's amazing. And he was going to bring, he, he like asked last year, hey, uh, if I brought, you know, I have these things. Would it be all right if I brought them out? <laughs> would it be all right? <laughs> I bring my toys like, over? Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, there's a guy who has, has uh, you know, uh, it's not in it, but, it's, you know, the, the same car as the, the uh, Starsky and Hutch uh, car. And then, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, what was that, a Charger? Uh, had somebody, yeah. somebody who had, Dream. I can't remember which one, but it was one of the dodge truck massive trucks that was what they used as one of the transformer vehicles oh so, nice okay and it had the insignias and all that and the kid because he you know all right he bought the truck and so him and all his friends dress up as you know the military paramilitary guys and they brought it out I'm like yeah so we put that out front so those are kind of neat you know when you get some of those things yeah. as well uh, there's a guy who's a super spider-man fan and he has this whole mural done on his car all spider-man so, someone one of the vw clubs one of the guys, super Batman fan, so it's a little bat bat VW, uh, and then another one has Superman mural on it. Nice. Right. So those are kind of neat. Uh, the another guy whose daughter does art, she made a rat fink, and rat finked out his '76 uh, Stingray. So huh. rat fink was driving it, going through the the sunroof, uh, did did something for the the exhaust on the hood. Had had Rat Fink's tail coming out the back, it looked really cool. So she put all this work into it to add it. You know, kind of cosplayed his car out. That's awesome. That is cool. And I'm like, oh, you know, that I love because they're taking something I wouldn't have even thought of, mm. and they're stepping up and doing things. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, I understand. I'm sorry. Do you guys have a... No, you're okay. Go ahead. So I know that um, Graffiti Con and uh, Star Wars Day, May the 4th, all these events, you know, they happen in Modesto, uh, you know, because this is the birthplace of... Uh, the creator George Lucas, but man, I want to go to one. I want to go to this graffiti con. Is <laughs> what I'm getting at. It sounds so awesome. So I guess we obviously it's something can't be done now with uh, COVID nation and everything that's happening. But when all that lets up, would there ever be a possibility of this convention being in other parts of the country? We've talked about it, um, and and that was another thing. I you know you get some of these events, and it's you know the first con I ever worked on. They decided to call it Modesto Con. Well, that's fully branded you know uh, right. a friend of mine started one decade ago in Stockton Stockton Con there's you know Sac Anime it's like some of those like okay now what are you gonna do uh, I thought it was funny San Francisco Comic Con which is put on by one of the big touring companies but they did it in San Francisco a couple years then they lost their venue and then San Francisco Comic Con was in Oakland it's kind of like the San Francisco 49ers playing in Santa Clara yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay you know so by not branding it you know i mean this one we, we called modesto's graffiti con and kind of the thought was we did decide to branch out sure we'd have that ability gotcha that'd yeah. be so cool so you know creating a brand but not not locking you to a super locked yeah. in i mean it, it does i mean i do feel the need to do certain things because i am in modesto right. uh and 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 bring in these elements that are Modesto centric, but obviously, you know, doing a car show with a Comic Con, and there was a place in Texas after our first year that ended up bringing out some cars, did a car show with it, and a guy in Stockton did a failed one, uh, but at least he was trying. I don't know if he was like, well, I'm like, I'm not saying. I go, I'm surprised people haven't done it before. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, you usually have one or two cars. You got a, a you know, hey, it's the Impala from uh, Supernatural, or you said a Batmobile, or mm -hmm. something like that. Right. Uh, I'm waiting, and and it was going to be there this year too. Uh, a friend of mine, one of his family friends, they're in a big VW club out here in the in California, and one of their friends owns the VW from Fast Times at Richmond High, the bus. Oh wow! Nice. And I'm like, dude, come on. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, and he lives up this way, and he's like, yeah, I'll bring it out. So the last few years, we've landed on an event and it's shifts because it's like it's one of those third thursday or third or third saturdays or whatever uh the one that he does but because of the shifting days it becomes a different day next year this year and next year would be uh so hopefully he'll make it just those kind of things and you know it's like dude just to get in into it uh and then there's another guy that he was in what was it uh i'm blanking on the name of the movie but it was uh he owns the bullet car from the Steve McQueen bullet it movie? Well, he, he did. It was uh, Chasing McQueen was what it was called. Okay. It was this okay. movie based on the move, based on the making of the movie and all that. And he, this guy played Steve McQueen. And okay. what his, his deal was, he looks a lot like Steve McQueen. His deal was for part of his payment or whatever, he got to keep, he got to keep the car. Wow. And so that's pretty he owns <laughs> He owns a bullet car from not bullet, but from Chasing McQueen. I was like, Come on, who wouldn't want to get a picture with the bullet car and yeah. a guy that looks like Steve McQueen? 
Absolutely. And it's just such a rare thing to come across, you know, not only that, yeah. but the, again, like the, the fast times at Ridgemont high car and like, it's, it's not, it's like, yeah. I would totally do that. And I'm not even that big into cars, but these are, <laughs> yeah. these are things that I would totally be into. Well, you know? it's like any character in a comic book. It's a character from a show. So it's, yeah. 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 But I mean, even the ones that aren't characters from show, you know, he was talking about like the one that had like the whole Spider-Man mural on it. Like, all just all that original kind of theme stuff. Oh, yeah. Just art sounds, the art yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well put. But um, very good. So one last thing we I think we were we need to ask you mm -hmm. here is we were told to ask about some of the fake celebrities and fake people <laughs> that pop their heads up around these conventions. Uh, would you mind regaling us with this story? I, I've I've been lucky not to really have to deal with that, but over time, especially in Star Wars, mm -hmm. the the fact is is at a certain point in time, especially pre-Google, pre-old pre internet, and pre-communication, I don't know why it's like that, but a lot of con people are very exclusive about sharing information. Mm. So they'll get a guest, and they don't want to talk about it. So they get the guest, and they're not going to tell somebody they're getting it because they're hoping, they don't want them to go, oh, well, I'm going to pull them into my show. I see. So, so there was that kind of just... It, they created themselves without communicating. You know, you could say, oh, I was, you know, a Tuscan Raider. And if you're old, old enough to be approximately that age, they don't know you're in a mask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, you bring out some, you know, stills that you've got and you go, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, I'm friends with Alan Fernandez, who was a Tuscan Raider. And by talking to him, there was three. In the original Star Wars, there was three people dressed up as Tuscan Raiders. Originally, there was only two, but they needed so, you know, pretty much he was the elephant trainer. So the mm -hmm. Bantos are elephants. Yeah. Right. Messed up. Cosplayed. So Lucas talked him into dressing up and being part of the film to keep him there longer and not have to pay him as much because <laughs> he needed him there on site, needed somebody to make sure that the elephants did what they were supposed to do. So anytime you see a Tuscan Raider on an elephant or on Banta, that's him. Okay. And then he's in a few wow. other scenes. But really, it was just, okay, two of you here, one of you over there, three of you over here, and it looks like there's more of them. Mm. Right. But there was three. What is it? The uh, Jawas. Mm -hmm. I think there was eight of them. But there's also eight kids who ended up doing reshoots. Well, the Desert Valley Jawas, which are these eight kids, they went to school. They went to school. They were the right heights. Okay. You know, they needed... Some of the film got damaged, so they went out and... Found a spot. Okay, Death Valley looks about the same. We're not going to go back out to Africa and film. And <laughs> they had the costume. They got all the kids dressed up. They But they measured them in the high school, got them all signed off, came out. As far as I know, uh, one of the kids has a picture in the costume where you see his face. Okay. Because his mom had like a Polaroid or something. He knows who all of them are because they went to school together. Right. But for a while, you had these people going, oh, yeah, that's me. I was in it. Because there was a story about it. It's right. just eight random kids so you could be much younger you know you could be 20 years younger and say you're one of these and be a, and also being a, a normal size adult because they were kids they weren't you know right aborigines dressed up <laughs> but yeah so you get these people going out and doing that um who was it uh uh scotty sports it you know somebody was going out and saying that he was his brother oh my god <laughs> and then scott had to go no you know we're not related that i don't know that guy but there's there's a lot of those things where you got people just scamming, you know, right. and it was easy, right. you know. Um, it's the same thing, you know, with musicians. 
I've seen people and they they give you the stuff and then you confront them. Oh no, I was saying uh uh no no Dave Bowie, not David Bowie. <laughs> I played with no. he, he's, he's like really? I mean literally I saw a guy and he had this thing. I was like, wow, that's an amazing there can't be. And he's like, I was like, Oh, you played in some tribute bands? No, it doesn't count, you know. <laughs> or you were the the guy who played on an album, but you weren't in the band, you know? Yeah. Or there was a, I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers. They wanted Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction to join the band when Fushante quit. Or no, right. Dave Fushante, when they wanted when they were, but he couldn't do it. He had this band industrial he was doing. So they had a tryout. There was a guy who actually was in the band for a week, never played on anything, then was released, and then started a band as, you know, ex member of Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I guess I guess you you were in the band for a week. So, you know, I would I would give it to the guy who was you know, toured for two months with them when, when the original guitarist quit, but you know, you didn't record, you didn't do it. It's like, come on, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's going out on the you, know, you got a paycheck. So that happens, you know, people. it's it's the same thing with like, you know, parliament fund funkadelic. If you play a horn, you can show up to a parliament show and hop up on stage with them. You played with them, but were you really in the band? No, no. <laughs> but you get these people who, you know, do that and they go, they have pictures. They go, look, I'm in the band. I was in the band. It's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> I played with the Violent Femmes, but I was not never in the Violent Femmes. You know, <laughs> I sat in at a show. That'd be a whole another story oh, right yeah. there. Oh, but yeah, but, yeah with Star Wars, that's uh, probably more people have gone out. And this, like I said, it's been probably ten years since this really happened, but had gone out and just milked it. Said they were somebody and weren't. And didn't one of them get to like appear with Mark Hamill and something? Oh, yeah. Mark Hamill was like, they were, yeah, that totally did. And the, the guy was, uh, I think it might've been one of the guys saying he was a Tuscan Raider. And Mark's like, um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and and they, so he started asking him questions. Like if you were there, you would know, you know, certain things that happened during that filming point. Mm-hmm. Also Lucas doing that first Star Wars, he wasn't really a great director yet. I asked a, the guy Greedo, the guy who played Greedo, what kind of, uh, actually I asked Anthony Daniels, same question, but like knowing the answer is like, so how was George Lucas as a director? What kind of stage advice did he have? And, you know, the guy who played Greedo was like, he told me to act like an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I'm like, yeah, I'm an alien, but what, what kind of, you know, what do you like? Just act like an alien. And here's a guy who's a British stage and screen was in Lawrence of uh, Arabia kind of actor. Right. He was, you know, it was like, these are the guys that are working. And he goes, we were just looking going like, okay, it's a paycheck, but this isn't going anywhere. Right. So these guys don't, you know, a bunch of <laughs> stupid American, no name actors be, you know, it was a B movie for them. They thought right. it was just going to be some B movie sci-fi and it wasn't. And that's part of it because there's so many guys that worked on the set that ended up getting put in costumes, mm. you know, Right. So there are people who actually were in it that aren't credited, but because of that, so many people just kind of went, oh, yeah, I'm, I was in it, too. Gotcha. Sure. I was this guy, you know. Billy D. Williams' son was a uh, Gamorrean guard. Really? He was just on set, you know, and so they needed somebody. It's like, once again, if you're, you know, if you ever got asked, hey, do you want to be in a Star Wars film? You go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, no, no. Payment? What? <laughs> you give me a sandwich. Well, great. That's I didn't. I was just going to set and set and swelter for a, you know <laughs> to be in this that part of it. I, I mean, same kind of thing with the Mandalorian. All the 
stormtroopers are 501st members. Right. Oh, no shit. I didn't yeah, know that. I read that somewhere. For so, real. A friend of mine, uh, Marie Gwen, was, you know, in the first episode of the first season, or in a couple of the first season. And it was like kind of really neat because you're like, okay. And, they, you know, these people have spent so much money and time on yeah. better than screen accurate costumes. Oh, yeah. You know, what a natural uh, move. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, for Fabra, it was two prong. One, you now can have all these people dressed up and, you know, they're part of a group and they, they've interacted and such. You don't really have to pay for them. And you definitely don't have to pay for all the costumes. Right. So, yeah. you know, yeah. even if you give them some spec for the day, okay, fine. But right. the, the money you save on costumes, you know, is is there. And I think that was his thing. He goes, I can get four or five guys and be like Lucas did in the movie to kind of stage it. Or I can get a hundred of them to come out and do these massive scenes. And you don't go, wait a minute. Is that the same guy the fourth time? Are you rerunning the same scene? You know, right. right. Scooby-Doo style. Yeah. <laughs> flip the screen and now he's running the other way right yeah those guys you can call up and place an order i need 20 stormtroopers couple imperial yeah, officers yeah. Uh, a couple it makes scouts. sense though i would never figure that you you not only are you're saving yourself hiring actors and mm-hmm. buying all these costumes yeah, like, yeah. yes wow that's and, a great and, idea. and for me i can't do that hey, hey i'm doing this event you know can i get these i can request it yeah, but right. Whoever, but if I was, you know, doing a legit, you know, uh, authorized movie or TV show or something, you know, you're knocking down the door. You know, right. I'm sure he had more people asking to be part of it than, you know, he got, he, he needed. So, uh, very clever. Just imagine how easy production was too. Like you don't have to explain to anybody what a stormtrooper is. I mean, <laughs> well, it, yeah, I mean, anyone who <laughs> you would, know yeah. which you are, go stand over there and be yeah. a stormtrooper. Yeah, stand over there. No, no, you don't, you don't, you don't hold the gun and don't say pew, pew, pew. Glad <laughs> that later. You don't have to say that. You know, when you're shooting, you don't got to go pew, pew, pew. There's a lot of jobs called off or we're called off during that filming. Of that oh, show, I'm probably. sure I would be calling off. That's for sure. If I were right first. But... And and I, I know there's people who probably said, no, eh, I can't do it. And then they kick right. themselves. But yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, I know a couple that were like, you know, and they live up here and they're six hours, seven hours away from home, you know, driving down there, mm, doing it. Yeah. I, I know my friend, uh, one friend, Ed, his, like I said, his wife was a stormtrooper. He's 6'4". Okay. He's a little tall for a stormtrooper. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> sure. yeah. He's more of a Vader. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and he does Vader and he does other stuff. But yeah, he's he's the Vader, the local, you know, NorCal Vader. Well, he didn't get to be in the show. I'm sure he was disappointed. It's like, okay, yeah. my wife, who I got into all this, <laughs> yeah. got her dressing up. Said, you know, yeah, doing layers, that's fun, but you know, come on, let's let's work on some, uh, you know, some armor. So, yeah, it's like just get yeah, me or I'll be in the background or something. <laughs> yeah, I, be like, a body on the ground. And, yeah, there you something. go. There's a dinner table <laughs> fight on down the road. <laughs> they just end up like sitting at either ends of dinner table, sipping wine every night, <laughs> resenting each other for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Man, I got to say, this has been a blast uh, to talk with you. Uh, and I really want to get to one of these cons again once this COVID nation lets up. Um, as far as what I'm finding, uh, as far as your social media goes, it's your name, uh, Mida, which is M I D D A H underscore Goodwin. And that's A G H. Yeah. Mida, if, you, if you type in Mida, M I D D A G H, you're going to find me. 
I had it spelled wrong up there. I'm sorry. No worries. No worries. Actually, it's spelled right. Oh, that's on me. So I'm spelled right on my page. <laughs> but, uh, uh, then with GraffitiCon, it's GraffitiCon 209. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And anywhere else, Pete, we should be directing people? Uh, that's the main two. I mean, if you, you want to check out my radio shows, uh, I have uh, the Mama Radio, which is an all-local show, which celebrated one year today at 5 p.m. Oh, wow. Okay. One year for that show. And then I also, and that's, 100% local music from the 209, our area code. So from, well, if it's pre-89, I'll go down to Fresno, where they split us, at us or actually 90-something. So if it's original 209 era, I go all the way down. So if it was recorded or you were in the 209 at the time, it was still 209, <laughs> uh, I'll play it. And this, you know, I'm going back to like 1939 with the Matic Brothers and Rose. Oh, wow. Uh, Roddy Jackson was from Merced. Actually, one of his songs got covered by Paul McCartney and the Rolling Stones and the Animals. So it's kind of neat having that history and going all the way up to today. Uh, today, uh, the first show I ever did, I did it all on vinyl. Oh, wow. Everything I did, did live on vinyl. And then today's show was all music that was recorded in the last year. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. So kind of doing that. And then I have a ska show on there, which airs on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, on kcbpradio.org kcbradio.org and the Scott show for this week airs tomorrow at 9 and it's my Skanksgiving show so it's all songs about <laughs> turkey and sweet potatoes and I've had to throw in you know uh, three quarts because you know three quarts drunk because we all have that uncle oh. at the end of Thanksgiving is three quarts drunk uh, <laughs> Bob Stones have a song called Chocolate Pudding so you know a little dessert and I, I, I had to start off with with uh, bush turkey, which was from the porkers from Australia, and then do a little breakfast, you know. So I had some song called Coffee, song called Lucky Charms, and then the Jeffries Fan Club have a song called Milk, because you need a little milk for your coffee and your Lucky Charms. <laughs> so I themed out the day, you know. Right. That's awesome. Oh, my God. That's I got so a Skanksgiving. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to be using that one, let me tell you what. Thank so you I did, you know, it's fun to do themes, theme stuff sometimes too, you know, so it's like, I try to keep up and play new songs every week, right? at least a few, but then there's a theme. So it's like, I did a Scalloween show. So uh, I'll have my Christmas show, you know? So it's like doing those kind of things. I did sure. uh, a St. Patrick's Day show, of course, for St. Patrick's. It's like the show lands on St. Patrick's Day. I got to do a St. Patrick's Day show. So it's all bands from Boston and Ireland. Nice. Oh, okay. There you go. You know, like I can't find enough for the full show from either. <laughs> so you <laughs> so combine them, you know. <laughs> you sure. Uh, so those kind of things, you know, I've done a couple Sky Against Racism shows, uh, skanking around the world type of thing, you know, just do it. I did a four part series and I'm just barely able to, but I found a ska band from every state. Oh, so wow. I did four parts. And so it was the first 13 Scalinese. Wow, <laughs> look at you. And DC, you know, I had to throw DC in there, but and I did it in sequence of when the states entered the union. That's amazing. So a little bit of history there made it hard. I mean, trying to do a map or something like, okay, he's thirteen, yeah, and then like, okay, it's you know here, 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 and then certain points like, you know, California and you know like North Dakota are coming in at the same time, you know, same frames, like you know they're adding in, kind of coming in the middle, so it kind of jumps around. But you got to come up with some kind of thing and some right. some yeah, way of sure. doing it. So I was just like, all right, I'll do it from the first state to enter the union to the last. 
I love it, man. That's that's really cool. And again, uh, we're gonna. I encourage people to uh, check uh, Mita out on Instagram and is it Twitter too, or is it just Instagram? I have a Twitter account that uh, for GraffitiCon. Okay. I have a a Instagram for GraffitiCon. I don't have a personal Twitter account for myself. I pretty much just made it the GraffitiCon page. Gotcha. And then, but I do have a an Instagram. Uh, and then, if you like records, I do have a page called For the Record where every day I post, this year I've been posting a record every day, kind of giving a little background story to it. That's so I think cool. I'm at 328 records this year. Oh, wow. Wow. And I, you know, I messed up because I'm going to have to do the extra one because it's a leap year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, I, I've been hashtagging 365 and I'm like, wait a minute, it should be 366 this year. <laughs> Damn it, 2020. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, really. And one extra day they threw into it. <laughs> Well, man, we're going to be uh, throwing links up to all this, uh, your website and your social media uh, links. But thank you so much for taking time to talk no with problem. us today. Thank this you. has been fantastic, man. Fun stuff. Jack, what have we on the website, sir? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, become a patron, buy some merch, see some YouTube videos. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram on, at canned underscore air. If you like what we're doing, want to show your support at cannedairpodcast.com. There's a button you can click on to become a patron. There's a button you can click on to buy some merch. There's a button for everything at cannedairpodcast.com. Right? You got a button for everything. Play your cards right. You'll get a button. Ooh. <laughs> Clever bastard. That was a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> no. I like it. I like right. it. I like All it. Right. He means buttons we go on your shirt. Like the patron button. Yeah. 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 Nice segue. Nice yeah. Segue. yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best jokes are the ones that need explained. Yeah. Right? right. Anything else, gentlemen, before we move on? I think that's going to do it then for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. I'm Meta Goodwin. Thank you so much for listening and be excellent to each other. are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where are you gonna go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candair podcast. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. This has been a Candair production. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. 
Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.